Hello and welcome to the January 2020 DCM podcast and it's the first podcast of the new decade. I'm pretty sure it's a new decade. I've seen a few people seem to think the new decade starts in 2021, but I'm not getting into that. What I am getting into is comic book films and 2020 because joining me today is one of the most knowledgeable people about comics and superheroes in all of London. It's Michael Adji. Hey guys, you all right? <laughs> How's it going, Michael? I am fabulous. Good. <laughs> and I will ju- fabulous, but fabulous. I will also say I'm also joined by DCM's Antonio Garcia, but that's not as important. Yeah, sorry to disappoint. Basically, Antonio and I are combining <laughs> our limited comic book knowledge to try and take on the huge comic book knowledge of Michael. So, Michael, before we get going, if people want to follow you on social media, where should they go? You can go on Instagram and follow me at Michael Aji, which is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-J-I-H. Or Twitter, which is I am Michael Aji, which is I-A-M-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-J-I-H. So that was very thorough. Uh, Tony's also on at yeah. underscore tweet. I'm following you, Michael, but I know yeah. you haven't followed me back. Yeah. <laughs> huh? no, I'm it's following okay. you back. It's okay. Anyway, let's get back on to, we need to establish your comic book credentials, Michael, for those people who are listening, because obviously Tony and I know exactly how big a comic book fan you are. Just how big a comic book fan are you? Okay, I'm a fanatical, huge comic book fan. I've got a collection of 12,000 comics at home. So there's some people that collect comics, they're thinking, well, is that it? Because I know them personally to have 90-odd thousand or so. I had 12,000. I'm quite proud of that myself. It's been, getting bigger as well, isn't it? It is. It is. I've got a bunch of comics behind me. I bought some today, so I'm happy about that. So adding on to that, uh, that pile. I've been reading comics since I was seven. I'm 34 now. <laughs> so, yeah. He's looking good for it as well, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's all that reading. <laughs> he wasn't out. Um, but who are your favourite characters? My favourite superhero is The Flash. Not Barry Allen. There's a reason behind that. But uh, then it will be Spawn and also Miles Morales' Spider-Man. So you were a big fan of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Yes, I love that movie so much. I can't wait for number two. (laughs) And it's coming. It is coming. And which is your favourite comic book film? Blade. So the first one with Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. And so you're excited about the potential for Mahershala Ali? Yeah, because it's going to be interesting because obviously for me, how I first depicted Blade when I read him in the comics, it was a bit static for me watching it or reading it in the comics and now watching him in the film as um, Wesley Snipes brought the character to life, I was sold. I was like, yo, this film has my heart it has my soul. I watched that film profusely. Like, I've lost count. Maybe in the mid-30s now. Probably more than that. But uh, I love it. So, Mahashir Ali, seeing what he's done in his previous body of work, <laughs> I can't wait for what he does with Blade. And it's... They haven't got it on the said schedule yet. I mean, we're assuming it'll probably come in a couple of years' time. 2021, is it? I, I, I imagine it'll be, might it be, be a bit later. I will say it will leak onto Phase 5 in terms of things because... Blade is not a, exactly an original member of the Avengers, so he's more of a, like Batman, a part-timer, comes in, does what he needs to do, then dips so out. could you see him linking up with the MCU? Yeah, definitely, definitely, because you forget, with the MCU, there's also the mystical side of it, there's the cosmic side of it, and there's the earthbound of it. So in, in terms of all the demons and stuff like that, that's where you see people like Ghost Rider, people like Blade have the element to it as well. So there'll be the demonic depiction of the MCU as well, which would be quite interesting. Exciting. And just aside from comic book films, have you seen any films at the cinema recently? No, I haven't. Not recent. Well, Jumanji 2, but that was last year. That's recently. Yeah. That's yeah. recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, rec- we're recording this in the second week of the year. That's still quite last year was recent. It's <laughs> okay, quite... cool. Fair enough. So Jumanji, uh, the next level. Enjoy it? Yeah. I did. It's, it, it, I did, you know, because watching Jumanji from when it first came out, the original one with um, Robbie, uh, Robbie William, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah, not Robin. <laughs> Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, that was very interesting. So when I saw the first one with now with um, Kevin Hart and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, I was like, oh, cool. So when I saw the second one, I still prefer the first over the second, but I was so, I yeah. still enjoyed it as much. I agree with that. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about, we'll go through the individual comic book films this year and you can tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are behind them and what you're hoping for. Does that sound about right? That's fair, yeah. I just want to flag as well that Michael is a huge comic book fan and he has spec- he speculates on ideas about what might be in the films. We haven't seen any of the films. All we've seen are the trailers. But if you don't want to know what 
Michael thinks might happen in these films, that's a spoiler alert, so maybe don't listen. But if you are happy finding out what Michael thinks was going to be in these films, carry on, because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, well, we'll start in chronological... We'll go in chronological order. So the next one on the schedule is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. It's out on the 7th of February. It's directed by Kathy Yan. Margot Robbie returns as Harley Quinn. What are your expectations for this one? So my expectations for this film is not high, only because this is... They're just using it for any excuse to do a Harley Quinn movie, but they just crammed in the Birds of Prey. So for what I know, the Birds of Prey is a as it's, it always started off with Oracle, aka Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl. Um, she couldn't uh, do her job as Batgirl no more because in the Killing Joke graphic novel, the Joker shot her and it, the bullet penetrated her spine, which led her to be not able to walk. So um, when I'm seeing so when she became the Oracle now, where she's behind a massive computer and over other types of technology, she's doing covert missions. And she was do, doing that originally with uh, Black Canary, and other characters like Huntress were getting involved as well. So it was covert missions. So now when I'm seeing Harley Quinn involved in this, I'm like, ar. So she wasn't originally part Never of the Birds of Prey. Yeah, they've now added her into that in the comics now. I start seeing that in the comics, they start added her to it. So they, I think they're just doing that to um, make it to, to do tally up with sales. the films. Yeah. yeah, and add up with the films. But to me... It looks like that from the new trailer, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, she's sort of like, in the trailer, introducing herself to them, kind of going, can we, can we work together, guys? You know, for whatever reason. It's interesting as well because the young girl... They have their, um, what was it, Cassandra Kane? She is, in the comics, she's also known as Batgirl, and then she becomes um, um, Orphan. So, and her mother is Lady Shiva, and she is the most deadliest assassin in the whole DC universe. Like, she would dispatch Batman calm. <laughs> I mean, when I mean dispatch, either this is what I mean send you to the hospital or send you to hell. What I would say, though, is I think Margot Robbie, she was... Uh, Suicide Squad wasn't the best film in the world, but she was genuinely good in it, wasn't As she? As a character, she, she played she it well. Because we haven't seen Margot Robbie... Well, let me rephrase that. We haven't seen Harley Quinn live action. You understand? And what I mean in such... When, you see, when you're watching Suicide Squad, she was the most memorable thing about it. You understand? Yeah, I, I'm not, I will not deny that as a comic book fan. I watched the film... I've seen it quite a few times, even when it was on Netflix. And she was a stand-up, she was a stand-up person out of it. So, yeah, she deserves her own film, by all means. But bringing the birds of prey into this, I feel like they're gone. I feel like Warner Brothers has DC. It's the wrong way to go about it. They, they could use that for other reasons. You understand? That could be an easy way to introduce Batgirl or do an Elseworlds story of the birds of prey to make sure they have Oracle involved in that as such. So you're approaching this one cautiously? Yes. I've not got high hopes for this Because I really like the new trailer. I was actually pl really pleasantly surprised with the new trailer. I thought it looked... She, I think she... I mean, for a start, I think Margot Robbie is great. She's got two Oscar nominations this year as well. Mm -hmm. um, she's... She just looks like she's having a lot of fun. I think the action sequences look quite kinetic and fun as well. And I like the idea of this female superhero team up. I think that's what DC were desperate to do because Marvel haven't been able to do that, have well, they? Well, Marvel, they, you say that, but look at uh, Avengers Endgame. There's that bit where all the... Yeah, and that's basically doing a little like um, nod to the A-Force, which is basically the all-female team of the Avengers. But in saying that as well... You, you you feel like the Marvel or DC can't not doing that. They can do that, but for example, they they could have done um, they could have done the film with Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman. You understand? I can't remember the name of the comic now. What it's, what it's referring to, but it has them three as a trio. Because Birds of Prey, yes, it's predominantly female based uh, of super superheroes and super uh, super villains, but uh, or anti -hero, anti heroes. But I'm very cautious about it because. These people, uh, before they became, before they were established as superheroes, sing, uh, as as individuals, before they came together to become to form the Birds of Prey. So watching it this way, and I'm like, mm, okay, what are you doing? I'm a bit, I'm very cautious. I'm very cautious. But we're hundred percent gonna go see it opening weekend, aren't we? I am definitely. I'm <laughs> I'm not denying that because you're more of a DC guy as well, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am definitely. The Flash is my favorite superhero of all time, but. You need to understand this as well. Trailers look good. They can edit it to make a trailer look good. Then when you actually see the actual finished product now, you're thinking, why did I waste X amount of hours <laughs> of my time watching this film? But I think I think what I, li I like what DC are doing with they're giving 
interesting, talented filmmakers just free reign to make an exciting film and they're not worrying about how it all ties together. It's like, okay, we're giving good film. And Kathy Yan has made good independent films in the past, is doing this one. And it's I think it's talented people, hopefully given the chance to do something creative. You say that, yeah, but okay, look at what Kevin Feige is doing here. He's still the person behind it all, overseeing it all. Yeah. So it's still in line. Fair enough with MCU, they're not exactly caught like comic book source material like really stuck with it but at the same time it connects and makes sense and the fans love it he does a good fan service to them you understand so when i'm watching this now i'm thinking okay i understand what they do where they're going with the mcu then when i'm watching this now as you said they give him free reign that's a risk look at batman versus superman but when it pays off you get joker that, but again, Joker, that was an Elseworlds story. Yeah. We can give that we can give that a distance. We can put that aside and we think, okay, fair enough. It's not connected to the DC uh, universe, the story as such. So I'm a bit, I'm going to give this a, I'm going I'm I'm to be a bit abrasive for this one. And if it doesn't do well, I won't be surprised. If it's rubbish, I hope not. I won't be surprised. At least I've got no high expectations for that. You understand? So the next one, because we could spend hours talking about Birds of mm-hmm. Prey, the next one on the schedule is on the 13th of March. It's Bloodshot, mm. which stars Vin Diesel as Ray Garrison. Yes. It's directed by Dave Wilson. And people might not be that familiar with the character of Bloodshot. Can you tell us a little bit about him? So Bloodshot is a um, character that's from um, Valiant Entertainment. Now, Valiant Entertainment is an indie comic um, that discuss- that has a whole range of kind of superheroes and anti-heroes as such. And they're established back in the early 90s or late 80s. And they got it got brought back to life again back in 2012 with a whole range of superheroes like Ninjak, um, Exo Man of War, Harbinger Wars, all these different type of superheroes. And when I saw the Bloodshot trailer of recent, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you hit the money right in the head. <laughs> yes. So I can't wait to actually see the actual film. I'm actually more excited about this than I'm about Harley Quinn. You know what I mean? The and, Murder Prefilm. And, and I again, I'll hold my hands up. I didn't know Bloodshot until I saw until the film came on the schedule. But the trailer looks decent, doesn't it, Tony? Yeah. I, there's a, I think a new one. Today. Yeah, it came, came out. Yeah, no, it came yesterday. Out. yesterday. Came there's another, yeah. and then maybe an international yeah. one. But I saw I saw one today, and it, you know, it reminded me of Universal Soldier. And that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it very much has that sort of 80s, yeah. 90s action film yeah. feel about yeah, it. Definitely. And which kind of, it's going to be 15, so, isn't it? Because yeah. let's be honest, it definitely. looks very dark, very dark and violent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this is the sort of thing that I would have taken, my dad would have taken me to the video store in the late 80s, early 90s to choose a Definitely. video to rent and I'd be like dad can we have that one can we have that one <laughs> and they'd be like no we're having snow dogs or Operation Dumbo Drop or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, I don't yeah. know yeah, yeah. I don't they, know. they play on the Fast and Furious producers I think yeah. behind, Neil Morris isn't it yeah. yeah. and it this is where Fast and Furious could have gone as a franchise <laughs> yes. almost but they're you like you say they're using this this, this cool unknown yeah. comic uh, book as, as the sort of source material yeah. so that's exciting so, so um, Bloodshot is a character it's, it's funny because as I said to you guys beforehand, like they they're gonna use they're gonna play on these original his original origin was basically he was a mobster he always worked for the basically the uh, the the mafia and originally he was known as a character called um, Nick just left me right just left me oh my god um, Angelo thank God I remember <laughs> oh Angelo and Angelo Martelli and he was basically doing all these type of dirty schemes for the mobster for the mobs and eventually he fell in love with the mobster's wife. Not wife, but his daughter, and they had a love, a love affair whatsoever. But eventually, one thing left another. His boss went, you know what? X him, get rid of him. So they send him off to Project Rising Sun, and that's what it happens when he gets a blood of heroes, where he's get the nanites inducing to him that way. Right. But now they're going with Ray Garrison, which is cool, cool as well, because that is version two of the story, where basically Angelo is one of his memories that he had that inducing to him. That's because in the comic, he was known as Angelo as well, but that's one of his previous memories you don't know the character's true origin uh, you will never know the character's true origin because his story's been revamped so many times but what we know of him as um Ray Garrison he's an army soldier so he's yeah, well that's well in the equipped. trailer right yes he's yeah. well equipped well trained and he's well perverse but he died and they decided to do some kind of legal things through Project Rising Sun to try and bring him back to life but Project Rising Sun was actually a base in Japan but they make it look like he's in America this way but it doesn't matter I am not complaining because at the end of the day, 
Valiant is now coming on strong because back in the, um, um, I think last year or the year before they done um, Ninja versus the uh, Valiant Universe and they, they introduced oh, in comic book not in the comic book they done it in the comic book format as well yeah. but as well as uh, online okay. to watch on on YouTube and they introduced Bloodshot that way as well and funny enough you say that um, Jason David Frank they played the Green Ranger Tommy. Green Ranger and Power Rangers play the character Bloodshot as well. Okay. Yeah. So that's Bloodshot that's out on the 13th of March. Excited about that. Then just a few weeks after that, we've got The New Mutants, which is directed by Josh Boone. This is an X-Men. It's in the X-Men universe. It's been um, talked about for quite some time. The first trailer came out over a year ago and it moved about the schedule. And now there's a brand new trailer. And I was actually impressed with this new trailer. But X-Men Dark Phoenix didn't really hit the mark. But this, I think, looks like a fun departure. Yeah. They're going for the whole aspect of horror and gore about it, and that's what X Men should be because it's never it's never been it's never been lighthearted and fluffy, you know what I mean? And look at cool mutant parts I have. It's not about that. It's always been very dark, gory, and very very deep things that has happened, deep rooted things. So how they've done this now, I like the aspect about it. I'm really confident that it will do well in the box office, to be honest with you. I can't wait to actually watch the film. I'm actually really excited about this. And the casting is good as well. You've got Anya Taylor-Joy, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You've got that the guy from Stranger Things whose name escapes me um, uh, and the girl from Game of Game Thrones. Of yeah, so um, it, you, they've, they've literally got picked out all the stuff that is popular yeah. with teens at the moment, haven't yeah. they, and cast them in this film. And... Uh, He's, in, he's not in the trailer, but Antonio Banderas is in the cast list on yeah. IMDb, which I'm intrigued to see how he fits in. So, for me, when I saw Antonio Banderas in, in the film, you know, I thought to myself, oh, who could he be? And I'm not going to lie to you guys, they might introduce a whole new villain to the actual X-Men landscape, or even the Marvel landscape. I know it's not part of the MCU whatsoever, but you guys who be listening to this podcast, uh, it's an alien race called The Brood. Now, the brood have a habit of doing this, infiltrating a person, taking over them. And basically, what I mean infiltrating, um, they basically um, lay a pod inside you or so. And it eventually develops. It's like an alien, like like the film Alien. Exactly. But what it would do, eventually it would destroy destroy the original host and becomes that host and has his memories of that person. So that host, that, that entity will believe it's that person until eventually it turns into the alien form of it. Or body, invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. yeah, and it has the powers of that. It has the capability of that same that the the host it takes over as well. So it could be he could be part of the brood. It could be a hot. It could be another mutant enemy. It could be one of the muti- anti mutant um, haters. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm saying the brood because the way it's gone so graphic and deep that way. Or he could play Mephisto. Because the reason why I say Mephisto because uh, of um, the character that we have already. Uh, what is it? her name now? Elana Rasputin, uh, um, basically Colossus's sister, because she's so she, from, that's who Anya Taylor Joy plays. Exactly, she's from she's from the limbo of hell, that realm. She spent all that time there, all the time. So when she probably escaped, when she te- used one of her powers to teleport, she probably by as a byproduct, he must he might have came to that that realm with her. So just to highlight, if you aren't aware of who um, some of the characters are in this film. Colossus is the big metal guy who's appeared in Deadpool 1 and 2 and X-Men films before. And Anya Taylor-Joy is playing Rasputin, who's his sister. Yes. Cool. Okay, she's also known, her character's name is known as Magic. Okay. Yeah. And that's New Mutants. It's out on the 8th of April, uh, which is in the middle of the uh, Easter holidays. Then the next one in cinemas is Black Widow on the 1st of May which we probably don't need to talk about too much about the character because no. everyone should know who Black Widow is. Scarlett Johansson is once again playing her. But pe- the fans have been waiting for a Black Widow solo film for quite some time, haven't they? Yeah. To be honest with you, I thought that was going to happen when I saw Iron Man 2, to be honest with you, because when they introduced her that way, I was like, yo, when she has her own film, she's going to body bear people. Then when you see her again in um, Avengers and when she's tied behind a chair, and she, I thought to myself, is there going to be another spin story this way? And I was like, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Then eventually they did the right thing and said after Endgame, they can have a, she's going to have her own film. I have lost my mind because they've got Taskmaster in here. So let's just clarify, Taskmaster is the villain. 
is a yeah. who wears a mask that you see in the trailer. Yes, and he's a big deal in the MCU. Isn't he's he? a big deal in the MCU because he is a hired mercenary. That basically a lot of um, superheroes have a hard time taking this guy down. He's one tough guy. Yes, you you're thinking, oh, so what's so special about him? He can literally copy all your fighting stance and abilities and duplicate it and use it against you. What I mean is, for example, if you're like Iron Fist and you have a certain fighting style, he can copy it, add it to his list of fighting styles that he has and beat you with it and adds, and, and keep that to himself, as well as adding more, or, or as, well as, as well as the catalogue of stuff that he already knows to beat you as well. He's very, very, very smart. Because if you notice in the trailer, when him and Black Widow were facing off against each other, they flipped up at the exact same time yeah. and she looks a bit shocked. It's because he's using these abilities now to cat to copy how she her fighting stance is. And Tony, you're looking forward to this one, aren't you? Yeah. Um I think it'll be nice to see Black Widow get a bit of solo screen time. Mm. I think she, she's often got maybe a bit bit lost in the Avengers group with all yeah. their crazy superpowers. So that's good. I'm also excited about Florence Pugh. I think she's an amazing, amazing actress. Fresh from yeah. her Oscar nomination, yeah. This Fresh week from well. that. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, I'm excited because I kind of know the villain. I went on a stag do with the villain. So uh, What's my claim what? to fame, What's this? Taskmaster. Um, oh, OT. Um, yeah, OT, yeah. yeah. He was in He was in um, The Handmaiden's Tale. He's famous for that. Okay. And I went on a Fred stag do with, with him. So I've uh, shared a drink Wow, with I did not know this. Was it? Yeah. it? Was yeah. he a good guy? Yeah, he's actually super nice. So yeah. I, hopefully this could be the start of his kind of Hollywood career. Now. Yeah, because to be honest with you, I have, I've seen him in a film where he did with Tia Tamira a few years back, but I haven't seen him, I haven't really seen his body of work. So this would be quite interesting, him playing uh, Tony Masters. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I can't wait because Taskmaster is a real big deal. A lot of superheroes have a, a hard time fighting him. Like Spider-Man has a hard time fighting him. Can you imagine that? He has spider powers. Iron Man has a hard time trying to take him down and he has a suit. Thor can't take him on and he's a god. So, and also, Florence Pugh, in the trailer, it appears that they're yeah. sisters, but they're, when they're sisters in that they... They train together. They train together. They're not actual... Yeah. They don't have related, the same nah. parents. So she plays Yelena y- y- Burton, uh, Burton, uh, Burtonova, and Yelena Burtonova is basically... Is, uh, is exactly the same as uh, Natasha Romanoff. They they train the exact same way and everything, but Natasha Romanoff is like a, a star student and Yelena Bertoletti is like a A student. So that's if that makes sense in terms of if in, in terms of the comparison of how good they are, but uh, I'm, I'm looking for this because I'm looking forward to this because it's like passing on the torch of Black Widow to another Black Widow to continue on the mantle of Black Widows. So Florence Pugh might take over as Black Widow in future yes. MCU films. Yeah, That'd I believe so, and I think that that will do do it justice because. I remember reading a comic called um, The Dark Avengers and you see all the evil versions of the Avengers and Yolena Bertinelli was the basically evil version of Black Widow. So that's quite interesting to see it in this way. Now, next up after Black Widow on the 5th of June, and I'm very excited for this one, it's Wonder Woman 1984, which is once again directed by Patty Jenkins. Gal Gadot returns as Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. Uh, Chris Pine returns as Steve Trevor. Kristen Wiig is playing the villain Cheetah, who hopefully you can tell us a little bit about. And Pedro Pascal, is that his name? Yeah, that's yeah. The one. Pedro Pascal is playing a character which we'll also go into. This has an absolutely knockout trailer. If you've not seen it, it's one of the best trailers of the last year. It's got possibly the best use of music in the trailer for quite some time. Mm. They do a really fun thing with Blue Monday by New Order. It's got set in 1984, hence the title. This looks a ton of fun, doesn't it, Michael? Yeah, so uh, basically Christian Wiig plays the character... Barbara, Dr. Barbara Minerva. Now, Dr. Barbara Minerva is an archaeologist and she goes around getting all these type of, like all these ancient stuff that she finds and digs up from tombs and stuff like that. So she comes across this dagger and this dagger is, has the ability to become, is a sacrifice tool for the actual cheetah god, the cheetah. And she cuts herself on it. And that's how... She induces herself to become the cheetah, but she uses this dagger to kill other people until eventually she becomes a full-on human cheetah. So is it going to be like cats? No. <laughs> oh, no, please not. Not, not as scary as that. <laughs> no, because I don't want no, I don't want no sing-alongs. <laughs> no, but basically cheetah is a threat, a deep threat to um, 
to Wonder Woman because she can keep up with a fighting stance. And she Cheetah is basically um, Cheetah basically sees everyone as their her prey, and she's the predator and she's there to hunt them down. And Wonder Woman is the top notch one of them all. So she's thinking, if I catch Wonder Woman, I can get get, get through to her. But the thing is, are going to be quite interesting as well. We got um, what's that guy uh, Pascal? What's his name? Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. He plays Maxwell Lord. Now Maxwell Lord. If you guys know this in the comics, you comic book fanatics, you know this. He has the ability to control another human being. He can read your mind as well as mentally control you. So, for example, he, he uh, Wonder Woman in the comics um, was facing off against Superman, and Superman was underneath the control of Maxwell Lord. And the only way Wonder Woman can stop Superman from going any further, doing what he's doing, she had to kill Maxwell Lord because there was no stopping Superman. Literally, Maxwell Lord is a threat. So think of it this way. If she manages to get through to the cheetah as through their bond and friendship as Dr. Barbara Minerva, Maxwell Lord might be thinking, you know what, forget this. Let me just actually use my mind, my, let me use my abilities to actually control cheetah properly to stop Wonder Woman once and for all. And Wonder Woman might have to stop Maxwell Lord once yeah. and for all. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be exciting. And I, I genuinely think Kristen Wiig is such interesting casting in this because she always plays, generally plays comedic roles. Um, and she's clearly bringing a level of comedy to this as well. But ha- we haven't seen her do something like this, go, you know, and got become a complete antagonist or a villain, mm. or become someone who's quite dark in their background as well. I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what she does with this. Yeah, because it's going to be quite interesting. It's going to be very dark and very deep because the cheetah, she's. Well, Dr. Barbara Minerva, she's known as a bit of a Clark Kent as such character. A bit of a klutz, a bit of a bimbo, a bit easy, got, just a pushover, easily easily just depicted, and people think nothing much of them. But when she becomes a cheater now, she's going to be conflicted because obviously there's going to be a certain things of the darkness that she wants to go, I want to kill that guy and take him out. I can't, no, 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 it's not good to me. And she can be conflicted with the what's right and what's wrong. So like a Doctor Octopus kind of character kind in of, Spider-Man 2. Kind of, but not the no, but not voices in her head. Okay. As such, because all this is literally going to be down to uh, her impulses and how she's how she's depicted. Because think of it this way, she's going to be more feral. Yeah. It's, there's nothing talking to her telling her, oh, kill him, kill him, kill him. She's going to react from natural instincts and everything's going to be inclined in her. And the more she does it, the more she becomes a cheater. That's the that's what's so cool about it. I, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this one. And Gal Gadot is absolutely brilliant as Wonder of Woman. Of course she's going to... Oh, when I saw the first one, <laughs> I, I was like, yo, yo. I was just, I'm going to see how this goes. Because when I saw, first saw him in Batman vs Superman, I was like... Mm-hmm. Okay. She was only in that a little bit, but she still she still stole some she, scenes. Yeah, didn't she? she still did the thing, especially when uh, when Batman and Superman goes, oh, "Is she with you?" I thought she was with you. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh because I went, "What?" Uh, and the way she comes in with the music as well, that music is incredible. Every single time, that was my girlfriend's ringtone for quite a while, you know. And I was like, "Yeah, I like hearing it till now, you know." Oh. Let me, not, let me stop, let me stop. Let me yeah, stop. <laughs> well, that's Wonder Woman 1984. It's out on the 5th of June, right before the Euro 2020s. It's going to, I mean, I think it's going to be the best super comic book film of the year, but we'll have to wait and see. Then on the 31st of July, there's a character, another character that people might not be that familiar with. We've got Morbius, which is directed by Daniel Espinosa. You've got Jared Leto as Michael Morbius. And... He, he is one of those characters that the casual comic book fan might not be that familiar with. Can you fill us in on who he is and so, his backstory? Michael Morbius is a... He has a rare-blooded disease. Disorder, oh, disease, disorder, depends, whatever you read it from. But he's working in it so much so where he experiments in himself when he becomes literally the living vampire. And now... He's known uh, to be a much more popular character from uh, the Amazing Spider-Man issues 101, where Spider-Man was undergoing a mutation of himself where he's growing extra arms. And that's where he was first depicted that way. Um, Michael Morbius, you guys probably remember him from um, the 90s cartoon where he goes, Felicia, in that cartoon all the time. And I'll becomes, be honest, I don't. You don't remember <laughs> no, that I, I, I used to watch the cartoon, but I don't remember that. You know what? I'm going to give you the episodes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he literally, he did use Blade that way into the cartoon as well, but it was real, real cool. Um, Michael Morbius, now, he's a Spider-Man villain. But he's mostly known as a he's mostly like an anti-hero as such because he's only the only thing he's doing wrong is killing people so he can survive. That's the wrong thing. That's why Spider-Man has to come involved to stop him because he gets a crazy he gets he goes he goes on a bloodlust 
chasing after people and trying to stop them and stuff. But when he becomes these senses, he always likes to, you know, exile himself and keep himself away from humanity. So, Morbius, when I saw that trailer, I lost my mind. <laughs> I literally lost my I was like, oh my God. So does he look good, Gerard Leto? As is that, is that yeah. what you imagined Morbius to look like? You know what? He's, he's literally like it's ripped off from the comics. Is it? Literally. If I remember the picture I showed you guys beforehand from the presentation. Yeah. You saw that and now you saw how you mm. see he, how he looks in the in the in the film. You think to yourself, whoa, that is deep. And now I haven't even seen where he looks probably like vampire esque. But from what I saw There's that little shot, isn't there, right at the end yeah, where he turns around. There's actually a yeah. comic book shot. I'm actually gonna get that up and show you guys. Because okay. that is real dope. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's Morbius, it's out on the third of July. And that if you've seen the trailer, you'll know that at the end they bring in Michael Keaton, who played Vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and he's clearly playing the same character. But also, you should say that you say that it's funny, but you see a poster says it shows a Spider-Man and it says murderer. Yeah, it got me thinking: is it connected? Is it not yeah. connected? Mm. What's but also, going on? I saw that that might be an image from Spider-Man Two mm. or Spider-Man: The Video Game, which oh, came out last year. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. But, um, yeah. And could could there be a crossover between Morbius and Blade? Is that happening in the comic books? In the comic books, they have. Yeah. Remember that picture I showed you guys as well, where you see the villain that Matt Smith plays, uh, Locus Cross, Locus Crown. Uh, basically, what he does in that, he's he Spider-Man and Blade have a hard time taking him down because he's he's a real real strong villain. He's like he's like the um like. He's like a vampire that's been a lot, uh, been around for thousands and thousands of years. You know what I mean? And where 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 it goes now, I don't know where it's gonna go now because how they depicted it now, they're doing the origin story clearly, and how it's looking. I reckon so right Matt now, Smith is the villain. Matt Smith right. is playing the villain belatedly. He's playing the villain Hunger. That's his, the villain's name. I'm actually really looking forward to this. So that's Morbius. It's it's out on the 31st of July. I mean, uh, the, the trailer. It, it, you, you would imagine it'd be 15, sir, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely. Like Venom. Oh, my God. The, the, it's going to be a lot of blood, but a lot of violence, gore galore. <laughs> I can't believe that's a word until now. But yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that's Morbius. And then we've got a bit of a break with comic book films. So we've got Morbius on the 31st of July. And then as far as I can tell, the next one is The Eternals. Let me, let me know if I've missed anything. No, v- Venom. Oh, gosh, yeah, Venom 2. Well, because we don't know what the title is, do no, we? But, yeah, we've got Venom 2 on October 2nd. Well, let's call it Venom 2 Maximum Carnage. Let's yeah, call so, it out right here, So we right don't now. know what the title is going to be. It's currently called Untitled Marvel Sony title. It's a Venom film. Michael, you think it's going to be called Venom Maximum Carnage, don't you? Yes. <laughs> because this... the villain is Carnage. Yes. So there's two villains in that film. Uh, we have, uh, what's that? We have Shriek. Shriek, yeah, and also we have Carnage. Played by Cleus Cassidy. Look at that comic book depiction, as I say in you. Uh, just to flag, this doesn't work great yep. on audio, but Michael is showing me <laughs> an image um, of Morbius from the comic books and Jared Leto as Morbius yesterday, and it looks a spot really on. good likeness, spot on likeness, yeah. Um, we'll maybe put that on our social, uh, but uh, it's on IGN.com if you want to have a look. Yeah. But uh, Back to Venom. Sorry Venom. about that, guys. Max, so you think it's Maximum Carnage, which yeah. is... Carnage was the character introduced at the end of Venom in the post-credit scene. Yes, He's played by correct. Woody Harrelson. Yes. He's currently in a, a, a hospital, mental hospital, isn't mm-hmm. he? No, it's not mental hospital. Basically, it's like it's Ravenscroft. Ravenscroft is where basically where all the top-level villains base go. And if Ravenscroft, if you guys know this as well, Ravenscroft, for Spider-Man terms, is where most all the Spider-Man villains, all the super villains, have been kept in. So like Arkham Asylum. Yes, as such. Okay, and. So Woody Harrelson plays Carnage. Naomi Harris, who people will know as Miss Money Penny, she was absolutely brilliant in Moonlight, for which she was Oscar nominated. Mm-hmm. She plays Shriek. Now yes. tell us a little bit about Shriek. Shriek is a, a villain that has the power of sound. So Venom is actually screwed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so her powers is that she can actually project sound out in through her hands, through her body. She emits sound waves and she uses it to destroy anything. She also has a sound force field around her. And so basically, if you try to shoot a bullet at her, the the sound force field will shatter the bullet before it goes nowhere, anywhere near her. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Let's give let's go deeper than this. She can make you see your worst fear. Well. That's saying something <laughs> in itself. So just so, as well as using sound to destroy things around her or whatever, to make you go deaf. She can, use, she can actually make you see your worst fear. And that's her sub-power. 
Her main power is sound. And the reason, okay, the reason why I call it maximum carnage now is because, let's say this, it's a depiction of two different stories amalgamated into one. So it has Venom Returns and Maximum Carnage. Now in Maximum Carnage, Carnage comes back to take out, take on New York. And he releases a whole bunch of villains, which is Demogoblin, Shriek, um, Doppelganger, which is basically a, a mutant version of Spider-Man that has six arms and he's got monstrous teeth and spider and fly type of eyes, which is very scary. And um, Carnage himself. And he has all those villains facing off against Spider-Man, Venom, Cloak and Dagger. And yeah, that's it. That was, it's a, it's a very, and it goes across a whole range of stories from the Amazing Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man. It's a 12 part issue comic. I've got it at home. It's a really good re read. I've enjoyed it. Now, let's get into the deep, let's get into the meat and potatoes of it now. So you're wondering how's Wooden Harrison gonna become Carnage? So this how this is my this is my version of events. I'm gonna coin it right here, right now, in this podcast. <laughs> so Venom suit can reproduce. I bet you guys are thinking, what? Since when? Yes, the symbiote can reproduce, but what it does, when it reproduces, it doesn't let the host knows it does that. So when it's reproducing that, it just spits off the it spits off a little part of its suit away, and it's whatever it's doing is trying to the suit is trying to survive or get its strength again to for it to take over our host. And what happens is Woody Harrison's character, Cletus Cassidy, cuts himself on some kind of object. And in the comics, the symbiote went into his bloodstream, hence why it's red and black. Fun fact, they wanted to make Venom originally red and black, but they didn't do that at the end of the day. They liked it, I, I, it was being black. But anyway, I digress. So the reason, that's why it's um, red and black. But the thing is with um, Cletus Cassidy's uh, symbiote, yeah, it's, 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 it's fused with him to the cellular level, to his bloodstream. So you can't really get rid of it so easily, like how you can with the Venom suit. You can't pull it off and stuff like that because it can regenerate with his blood since it's part of Cletus Cassidy's um, DNA. So it's going to be a hard time fighting him. Also, with Carnage's powers, he's just as strong as Spider-Man and Venom combined. Let's get him worse. He, she, he, remember Riot in the first one, in the first Venom film? Riz Ahmed, yeah. Yeah, he could do the exact same thing as Riz Ahmed, but worse. He's, he's literally fused to a serial killer. So, so Venom's going to have a tough time, basically. He's got, tough, he's got two villains that's going to give him a hard time already. But Tom Hardy... I mean, while, while Venom perhaps wasn't the most successful film uh, in terms of actually being a good film, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it, but I think some fans were perhaps unhappy. But me, there's me. A, the Tom Hardy, there, there's a lot of mileage, I think, as Tom Hardy is this character. There is a lot of mileage. The, the thing is there, what I like about it, there's so many different versions of the Venom story. My favourite version of the Venom story is always being done by... Uh, Eddie Brock. Obviously, there's another one. There's another version where you go off to be when he becomes Agent Venom, and that's um, I can't remember now for the life of me. But Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, Tom Hardy plays Eddie Brock. He he continues the role of Eddie Brock, and the story of it goes there. He's still be the he's going to still be the usual reporter reporting in, and can see what's going on. And he's obviously going to uh, investigate what's going on with the Harrison's character, and that's it's going to start off with a prison break. And the reason why I know it's going to be a prison break because I have a friend that's been doing it, that's been working in there already. He's doing he's doing the scenes. I'm not gonna tell you who he is, I'm not gonna tell you what he's been doing. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal nothing else but telling you this. Kanji's gonna break out and he's also gonna release Shriek as well. So that is gonna be dope. It's gonna be so dope. And the characters that that are, um, that are working together, they do uh nah, no no, they're not saying no more. I don't wanna ruin the film for well, you. Well let's guys. just um Flag, it's, it's the un currently untitled Venom sequel. It's out on October 2nd. It's directed by Andy Serkis, who mm -hmm. didn't direct the first one. The first one was directed by Ruben Fleischer. But Andy yeah. Serkis, who are, hopefully is a safe pair of hands on this, is directing it. It once again stars Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Woody Harrelson, Naomi Harris. That's a pretty strong cast. Yes. It's going to be one to look out for in October. And then the final comic book film of the year, uh, perhaps the most intriguing one, I think, you, you could say, uh, because it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel have got two films out this year, M M MCU, Black Widow, directed by Kate Shawland, and The Eternals, directed by Chloe Zhao. This is out on the 6th of November. Now, again, these are perhaps characters which comic book fans aren't perhaps aware of, but they're going to play a massive role in Phase 4 of the MCU, aren't oh, they, Michael? A massive role is an understatement, mate. They're going to play the history. <laughs> they're going to show you the history of it all. So, for example, I don't know about you guys, but for us Marvel fans or... 
should I say, comic fanatics, you guys are aware of the Celestials. They're the reason why the Eternals exist. So, so th- when have we seen the Celestials previously? So the last time we saw the Celestials previously, thank you for that, is the Guys of the Galaxy. So we saw the Head of Nowhere, and also we saw uh, Antonio Banderas' character, is uh, ex, uh, not, no, Benicio del Toro. Yeah, Benicio del Toro. Thank you he's for that. He's the collector. Isn't yeah, he? he's the collector. He plays the character that shows you another um, eternal that way, and these people are responsible for human race. They're responsible for um, the deviants, which is someone like Thanos, and also they're responsible for the Eternals. So the versions that we're seeing now, we're going to focus on thirty-five thousand years before Captain America ever existed. Yes, you heard me, 35,000 <laughs> years. So I'm not exaggerating whatsoever. So this is gonna be quite very deep, very dope. Are you thinking, okay, if it's focusing that far ahead or that far back in the Marvel Universe, how do they? How can they relate to now? Well, the reason why they call the Eternals, because they live forever. That's the main reason. Second thing now, here's my speculation. So there's a character called Sprite that's going to be in it. He's a fifth uh, fifth generation Eternal. He's going to make the original Eternals. They're, they're third generation, by the way. I'm sorry, guys, if this gets confusing, but I'm breaking <laughs> it down very slowly and I'm, very easy as possible. I'm still following just about. Okay, cool. Thank God for that. Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm in, too. I'm yeah, you're in, in yeah? yeah? Good. Thank you, T. So <laughs> let's go further in this. So let's break it down. So the, uh, this break, I'm going to break everything down. So we've got three different races. So the Celestials came to Earth and saw the ape. Yeah, I'm breaking it down that easily. They saw the ape and they experimented on the ape. And they thought, you know what? Let's make this into three different factions of races. So they made the Deviants. So Thanos. Thanos is a Deviant, for example. They made human beings. So people like, for example, um, well, we are human beings. Tony Stark. Tony Stark, Captain America. Even the mutants are basically human beings. They're classed as human beings. And now the Eternals. Now, what we know, they're, they're, the Eternals are a forever type of race. Um, Thanos' father is an Eternal, but Thanos himself don't count as an Eternal because he has a defect about him, hence why his skin's purple, and he's kind of had that kind of uh, bum chin. So, <laughs> as such, bums of chins. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so therefore, <laughs> he beca- he classes more as a deviant. He's more of an eternal deviant titan hybrid. If I will be more precise about yeah. that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, about- <laughs> I was gonna pull you off on that. <laughs> so, that's what it is. Those are the three different races now. So let's go further than that now. Yeah. So what we're focused on, we're focusing on um, the third generation of the Eternals. Now. The reason why we're focusing on the further generation of the Eternals because they're more of the more of an interesting they 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 have more much more of an interesting type of factor happening with them what's going on. Sorry if I'm boring you guys. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you guys to understand where we're going with this. So the characters that we see now, uh, who's playing who's playing the Eternals? So you've got Kumar Nanjani, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Richard Madden, Kit Harrington, mm-hmm. Gemma Chan. Brian Tyree Henry. That's all off the top of my head. I yeah. can't remember the Barry rest. Keo? Barry Keegan. Keegan. Oh, Ke- oh, Keegan. Yeah, Barry Keegan, uh, oh, yeah. who you will have seen in Killing of a Sacred Deer or Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. I think that's a terrific eclectic <laughs> cast. And I think that's what Marvel do so well. They pick perhaps not the most obvious people for roles, but just really good, interesting casting. Mm-hmm. And Kumar Nanjani is always funny. Angelina Jolie is always just generally good, isn't she? Sama Hayek is so versatile. Brian T. Tyree Henry is one of the best actors to emerge in the last five years, I think. I so, think, yeah. yeah. So this is this is the thing, though, because with the Eternals now, I'm glad you mentioned all these characters that played the Eternals now. Now, all those characters, bar Kit Harrington, are Eternals. He plays a character called Black Knight. We're gonna get into Black Knight shortly, but let me get into let me, let me go back into the Eternals. Now, you want to know what their powers are? I tell you what the powers are. Besides being immortal, they can fly. They got super strength. They got they can shoot any type of lasers or type of energy from their hands, their eyes, from their being if the need being. They can control their molecules down to the cellular level. A bit like Captain Marvel, a little bit. Mm, no, Similar. The, are they more no. powerful than Captain Marvel? <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're literally. We might as well say godlike. Okay. They might as well, you might as well say godlike. These people are real, real powerful. Beings, they purposely keep themselves separate from anything that's going out in the in in terms of the universe. Now, the reason why we haven't seen them, the reason why we haven't seen them, is because of this simple factor: Sprite made them all forget about them. 
about not the world, but the Eternals make them. He made them all forget who they are, what they are, everything. Only reasons begin. Only reasons because of that, so they can fit in with society as it is. Now, the reason why we're focusing thirty five thousand years before the actual movie, the MCU started properly or whatsoever is because we need to get an understanding of the Affinity Stones. We need to have an understanding of the Eternals, who they are, I mean, the Celestials, who they are, what they play. And we also need to get an understanding of basically um, the Deviants. What part did they play in this as well? Because as you as you guys realise now, we've done, the, we've, you could say phase one, two, and three, and four has literally touched everything about Earth base in terms of Marvel now. It's going to go everywhere now in terms of the cosmic section of it, out of space, definitely. It's going to go elsewhere into, into the MCU. So we need to understand that from that. And the Eternals is the perfect example to make us understand that because it, it will introduce characters like Galactus, the Silver Surfer. Like, you need, you need to... Oh, you need to understand, yeah, that these characters are really, really, really important. Now, for example, the head of nowhere, we are wondering why why that happened. Now, if you, this is my speculation. Nowhere was originally pregnant, and that's a forbidden thing for the Celestials to have, to be, yeah? So I believe that that, that Celestial died from giving birth, and from from that from that happening, it exploded because when a Celestial gives birth, from from what I've read, from what I understand, it actually emits a huge type of energy that can destroy planets. So I I believe that sense it didn't go nowhere near Earth at that time where it's going on. Hence why that why that floating head of a celestial is just there. Hence as well, you see that other celestial, you're thinking, who's that other celestial? It's Clarex. Clarex is a a, a big bad is the he's the big bad. And that's who the uh, the Eternals are going to be facing off against. I reckon he's going to be the main villain they're going to be facing off against because the Eternals are literally like BA Superman level powers. You understand? And if there's a if there's like one, two, three, like almost twelve of them, psh, you need someone that's powerful than all of them combined to take him on. If that makes any sense, yep. or what I'm saying. I mean, I think this is exciting in that it's almost like Marvel in their films are basically. Taking fans with taking fans of the films with them yeah. to give them a history lesson about comic books. It's almost like they're just saying, "Okay, well you've gone with us, and now we're gonna go deeper." And the fans are gonna go with them. And it's, I just think it's it's exciting to see that it's almost gonna be like an education in the history of the MCU. Yeah, and I think after Infinity War and Endgame with. Thanos being such a popular villain, mm-hmm. you know, everyone came out of that film, no matter what you thought of the film, everyone was like, okay, that was a great villain, great performance. Um, I think it's like now's the time to start telling people his backstory, where did he come yes. from? Let's start seeding these new bits of the MCU we don't know about. We've, we've, they've done a lot of hard work with, with, yeah. with Thanos. Yeah. So, so basically, if you've liked any of the Marvel Super Cinematic Universe to date, you've got to the Eternals is going to give you a Definitely. bigger background on what, how it all you, started. It will show you the Francis lineage. So he show about his father, mentor. He show about his brother, uh, Ergo. It is, he's, and yes, Thanos has got a brother, but he's not a deviant. He's actually an Eternal himself. It's kind. It's going to be so interesting to see these aspects of it all. You're going to understand the huge. I'm glad that they're doing the whole historical aspects of it because. In order, like my, my dad's always said to me, in order to know where you're going, you need to know where you've been. So for us fans, we need to know, in order to, for us to know where we're going in terms of the MCU now, let's understand where we've, where we've been. Because they showed us so many different aspects of it through phase one, phase two, phase three. Now we're going back and we're on phase four now? Whoa. So I'm excited. I'm more, I'm more excited about the Eternals than I'm more about Black Widow. Black Widow is just next in the list yeah. of how excited I am. But the Eternals is so dope. But before I digress and forget about this, Kit Harrington's character, Black Knight. Now, Black Knight was original. Uh, the original Black Knight was Sir Percy. And he had the um, the uh, Ebony Sword. The Ebony Sword now belongs to the Deviants. And that's how it, he's connected to it as such. Because Kit Harrington's character that he plays, he plays Dane Whitman. He's, which is a basically the, he's a, one of the long lines of lineage to the Black Knight, Sir Percy. He has a um, love relationship with Cersei, which is played by Gemma Chan's character, which is the Eternal. And also, Black Knight is also, well, in the comics, he's a part of the Avengers. So this is going to be quite interesting here now because for me, 
I don't understand where they're going with this because if it's going to be focused 35,000 years before the MCU actually started in terms of superheroes like Captain America and such, what does that mean for that character Black Knight? They're going to do like flashbacks and flash forwards to make it go back and forth in time. I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't care. I just trust what's going on. Yeah, it's exciting that um, people might not know who the Eternals are now, but they're gonna. People are gonna get to know the Eternals in the way they've got to know the Guardians of the Galaxy, Definitely. and they're gonna be just as important. And it's almost like six years ago, I didn't know who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, and it's like the MCU now can't really exist without them. And yes. that's basically where Eternals is gonna be. I'm excited. I'm literally excited. I'm. I can't wait to watch this film. Oh, it's November when? November the sixth. Okay, we, that's a date for all of us. Now, yeah, we'll right? go definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's it for 2020 uh, comic book films. We'll get you back, Michael, to talk 2021 at the uh, end of the year. I'm more than prepared. But just outside of comic book films, any other films you're looking forward to this year? Um, Bad Boys Three. <laughs> Bad Boys One was my huge favorite film. Um, what else? What other films that I'm looking forward to? Um, what is it? Just Mercy. With Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Yes. Fox oh, my gosh. That feel... I'm watching it. I was like, I feel touched by it. I Some like, people in the office have seen it and absolutely loved it. They seen really? Yeah, yeah. Because it was on at the London Film Festival. It So the London Film Festival takes place in October and they played it there and oh a few God. of our team went and absolutely loved it. I want to cry. I want to cry. <laughs> we didn't know you then, but we do <laughs> <laughs> this, now. Yeah, this, good. that's yeah. good. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but anyway... Thanks for joining me, Michael. Just to reiterate, if people want to follow you on Twitter or Instagram, it's... Yes, so on Instagram is at Michaelaji, which is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-J-I-H. And on Twitter is I am Michaelaji, which is I-A-M-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-J-I-H. And thanks for joining me, Tony, as well. As always. And I'll be back next month for the DC podcast. Thanks, Michael. real pleasure. I've had so much fun talking with you guys about comic book <laughs> films. I'm literally um, I'm literally buzzing. I'm happy. Thank um, you, guys. My memory card's almost full, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye.